All right, how we doing, everybody? It is seven two nineteen. I'm your host, Will Reddington, and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. NBA free agency has been going on for around thirty six hours now, and man, do we have some things to talk about? Austin Bickett is here. We're going to break down all of the major moves, give you some projected lineups, and much, much more. Before we do, our show is brought to you by O'Shea's Irish Pub. It's Tuesday, and that means $5 margaritas after 4 o'clock. What else are you going to do? I'll see you at either 956 Baxter Avenue or 123 Main Street tonight. Let's have a few. All right, let's get it going. Austin, it's great to have you back as always. Sunday was maybe the craziest offseason day in NBA history. The destiny of 15-plus franchises shifted with a few major decisions. There was a lot of surprises, and you and I, we have a lot to get to tonight. I want to bounce all around the league, talk about all the major moves. We have to start with what was the biggest. Kevin Durant ditches Golden State despite a five-year max deal he was offered and joins the Brooklyn Nets where he teams up with Kyrie Irving, who signed there yesterday as well. I'm so excited for this pairing, and I'm so excited to not feel so sure every season that the Warriors are just going to win the title every time. What are your thoughts on KD and Kyrie's decision to join the Nets? Yeah, I love this as well. I think it's awesome. Like you said, the NBA is great again. There's parity everywhere. There's At this point, obviously, there's still a lot pending with Kawhi, but I think there's multiple teams that have a chance to win the title, and that's probably the first time you can say that in five-plus years. It's uh, kind of weird. That I don't know really how their games are going to mesh together on the court. I mean, they're both great. They both can score 40 on any night, but I don't know. I really, it really sucks that we have to wait a year to see how this works out. That's what makes the net situation so interesting is this whole thing that KD's going to sit out for a whole year. But I think Kyrie is possibly going to love that. I mean, he was a 22-shot-a-game guy at, with Boston, it seemed like, towards the end of that season, and I think he'll do fine. And I think that KD and Kyrie are like best friends. Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere, too. Like Just like this All-Star break, I didn't even know they were friends, and then now apparently they're best friends. And apparently they were you know, planning it a whole season ago and everything. Yeah, the two Max Slots video that came out, like the All-Star break. Yeah, in 2017, KD was on Bill Simmons' podcast, and he talked about Kyrie for like five minutes about how he was the best offensive point guard he had possibly ever seen and how he had never seen Kyrie get a layup blocked as a six-foot-two guy and just was raving about him. And the, the two max slots thing, kept saying two max slots to him. You it could seems so obvious it. That, that they just felt like they were messing with us because every time an NBA player talks and they're talking about that, they pull their jersey over their mouth or they cover up their mouth and – they were just doing it with cameras all around, and he was using his hand signals and everything. It just seemed like a joke, honestly, but um, I guess they just didn't care. Yeah, what do you know? It, it comes true. Uh, let's talk about the Nets first. They have the biggest day, I think, in a franchise's history. Maybe you could say the Heat. Yeah, I'd about to say as far as a duo goes, because, I mean, when KD went to the Warriors, he was the only one that came. But, yeah, the Heat picked up Bosch and LeBron kind of back-to-back, but – I mean, I agree. I think this is right there. And the Heat had, had won a title in 06. They still had D-Wade. I mean, the Nets had what was a six or seven seed team that was built for years to come. I think D'Angelo Russell could have kept them in the playoff hunt. But now they are within the top three uh, in terms of chances to win the title. Projected lineup. What do you think it's going to look like? Uh, year one's going to be tough. I mean, you know, you're going to have Kyrie out there. They got Jared Allen down low still. Got to see what Jared Dudley does. I don't think he's coming back. DeAndre Jordan, he finessed forty million out of him. He'll be out there. This is crazy. DeAndre yeah. Jordan can't jump over a piece of paper anymore. Yeah, that. 
And Kyrie and Katie had to take less money to get him on board. Like, they really wanted him there. I guess they don't watch a lot of league pass. They're probably they, busy when that's going on, they, but yeah. They probably haven't watched DeAndre Jordan play a basketball game in a few years. I mean, he hadn't been in the playoffs, and that guy is far removed from Lob City. If yeah, you want to see DeAndre uh, Jordan Lob City, you're going to have to go to YouTube because it's not going to be live anymore. Yeah, he's uh, his best days are probably behind him. Uh, they got Chris LeVert, who's very solid, small forward. He's going to be, be filling in the um, the KD missing piece this year. Spencer Dinwiddie, probably maybe the best backup point guard in the league. Definitely. It'd be interesting to see if they pair him and Kyrie as the starters or if they bring him off the bench and then three-point champion, Joe Harris. Yeah, snipers. It's a good shooter. You know, that's what the kind of guys you need. Jared Allen, I feel like, is so much better than DeAndre Jordan. I agree, and they kind of play similar type games as far as just rebounding, dunking, not really kind of limited offensively. It's weird that they they spent that money there. Yeah, it's weird they made that a priority instead of getting – especially knowing KD's going to be out for a year instead of getting – you know, more depth at other positions, but I don't know, whatever. Maybe that's what, maybe that was part of the deal to get uh, KD and Kyrie to come. Yeah, and I guess you can't make all perfect moves. And when you get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in the same day, you know, who cares? Who cares of, who else is out A lot there? of Nets fans probably don't even realize they got DeAndre Jordan, <laughs> nor do they probably care, but. Big for DeAndre Jordan to have his picture on these pictures of the new Nets. Yeah, though. like the big, they got the big three and like big plus two. <laughs> it's hilarious. He's like the eighth best player on there. <laughs> but a I love the Kyrie-KD pairing. I really do. But KD is coming off a major injury, an injury where we've seen a lot of players never be the same. How do you think KD's game is going to translate after making it through this? I think he'll be back. I'm not going to say 100% because obviously you never know until he comes back. But I think it's going to take him a little bit to get re- – and he's going to have to be playing with a whole new team, people he's never played with before, adjusting to Kyrie coming up with the ball every time. I mean, but he's this guy's one of the best players in the world. He's motivated to get – prove to people he doesn't need Steph and Clay and all of them to win a title. I can't wait for – I know we're still far away from next season, but I can't wait for two years now to see how these guys play together. Yeah, I, game five, you saw KD when he was obviously still hurt. He goes out there, he makes three threes to start the game. He has didn't 11 even, Yeah, points. didn't even look like he was hurt the way he was shooting the ball. And that's, what, that's why I think KD can really make it through this injury and still be himself or at least still be monumentally effective yeah. because he – can be a standstill shooter. Yeah, he doesn't. He be. doesn't need that quickness or explosive. He can shoot over you. I mean, he's seven foot tall and he can pull up from five feet behind the line. Like, and Kyrie can be whatever kind of point guard you need him to be. Yeah. He can distribute. He can score. And I think that we can agree that Kyrie was a better player when he was with LeBron. When oh, he for had sure, 100%. a number one with him, and I think KD and Kyrie's skill skill set mesh even better than what his and LeBron's did because. KD is just a sniper. I mean, he's lethal. That is Easy literally money sniper. That's his Instagram name. I, I think that this guy could lose his hops, his ability to beat people off the dribble and dunk he on. He still just shoot over you. Yeah, it it it's a great pickup for the Nets when you think about. There's a lot of rumors saying the Knicks didn't offer KD a max slot and everything. And wild, this guy is going to be able to be himself regardless of what kind of shape his. Achilles is even if he's never the same player in terms of quickness speed being able to get off the ground he's still going to be Kevin Durant he's still a guy you have to want to have especially if you don't have anything else which is what kind of situation the Knicks were in and the Nets I mean you just have Kyrie it's kind of the same team they had last year you know it it maybe one or two seeds better I'd say Kyrie makes them than D'Angelo Russell but you had Kevin Durant in there 
And now you're looking at a team that's probably going to be six to one to win the finals if they're healthy. They're yeah. twelve to one right now, knowing KD could miss this whole year. Yeah, and, and how many points is this team going to average when KD and Kyrie are both healthy? I mean, it's going to be insane. And they're not going to be very bad defensively. Karis LeVert is one of the better defensive guards threes in the yeah. league. We just talked about Jared Allen down low too. He had how many people has he blocked just last year? There's a whole whole thread of him blocking like the biggest stars in the NBA at the rim. He's on a block tour. I love it. What do you think the first year looks like for the Nets? And what do you think two or three years from now looks like for the Nets? Well, the first year is going to be interesting because it's, like I said, there's going to be no KD. It's going to be Kyrie blending with all his new teammates. It didn't go so well in Boston. We'll see how it goes in Brooklyn. I think they grab a playoff spot in the East. I don't really expect them to make much noise. They got the Sixers, Raptors, Celtics, maybe a few other teams still ahead of them talent-wise without KD, I think. But I think it's better that KD's the one out and not the one Kyrie, Kyrie not being the one out because I think KD can probably come in and adjust much quicker than Kyrie would considering Kyrie's going to be one bringing the ball up the court every time and just knowing Kyrie's personality. Yeah, I mean, I like them. I mean, like you said, they got to the playoffs last year and they basically just traded d for Kyrie. So I like them to make the playoffs in the East, but not really a lot of noise, but this year's not the goal anyways. How bad is that going to suck for a team that works really hard? Gets a two or a three seed, has and a they, fantastic season. They're going to come season. in and see the Nets at like the six or the seven. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not going to be fun. Teams are going to be tanking to try to get away from that first-round matchup. I think Durant, it's reasonable to assume that he could be back for the playoffs next year. And I think it's also very – That would be crazy if he came back like very end of the season. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be a nightmare for the league. And God, that would, be, that would suck so bad for the team that earned the one or the two – KD just comes back right for the playoffs. I love this uh, new perception of Kevin Durant, though. It's all he had to do was yeah, leave he went Golden from, State. Went from a huge – I mean, even me personally, I've hated KD the last three years. I'm back on board, love the guy again. I mean, you can go from villain to a hero overnight. All you got to do is leave the Warriors. I can't wait to watch him. And now let's talk about the Warriors. The Warriors are going to be a similar team to what we just said with the Nets in the sense of they're going to have a very different – first year than they're possibly going to have in year two or year three, given that Clay Thompson has signed a max deal to return to the Warriors, but he's probably going to miss this entire year. So they go get D'Angelo Russell, 1230 midnight or so. I mean, just when you think it's okay to the go kids sleep, were in bed. Just when you think it's okay to stop refreshing Twitter for a second. Can't do that. D'Angelo Russell, Instagram stories, on the bay, looking cool, in a plane, got the water. He's a warrior now. How do you think this team fits? Because it's it's a little weird. It's very weird. Um, this was this was the wildest signing of the day to me, and the came out of absolutely nowhere. I thought for sure he was ending up in Minnesota or maybe L.A., and then just I fall asleep for a few hours, wake up, text from you like, "What do you think about D'Lo going to Warriors?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> um, yeah, like you said, the first year is gonna be a little weird because Clay's not gonna be there. It's gonna be D'Lo and Steph. They're kind of both ball dominant. D'Lo Moore, Steph moves off the ball like crazy. I would be furious if I ever had to try to guard that man for one possession. I think D'Lo's kind of a one-year rental insurance policy here, kind of. I can't really see him, Clay, and Steph all playing. They're all three, obviously, great players, all three all-stars. But that's just – I don't – there's only one ball, like they all say. Mark Stein was on ESPN today saying this was kind of a kind of an insurance policy because KD was leaving. They can trade him after one year, get a, probably a big return for him. But it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see him and uh, him and Steph running the backcourt next year. You can't be too sure of anything. And you, you see it like, oh, cool, D'Angelo yeah. Russell's on the Warriors. Can't wait to watch him. And then they're like, oh, well, they might trade him. Yeah, they might trade him before the season even starts. I mean, who knows? Nobody knows what's going on. The only thing that worries me, I mean, the Warriors no doubt needed to replace Kevin Durant. 
and needed to get a little better because you saw them have maybe the worst bench in NBA history uh, debut in the playoffs this year. It might be worse next year. And, uh, you know, all those guys are getting older, playing every other night for way longer than other teams play because of how far the Warriors advance in the playoffs every year has obviously taken a toll on guys like Iguodala and Sean Livingston. But D'Angelo Russell comes in. I saw a stat that said that the Warriors were involved in 955 ball screens as a team last year. And D'Angelo Russell was involved in 915 as a player last year. That's just contrasting styles. And I think that it can definitely work. I think that your team, if you're the Warriors, if you have D'Angelo Russell, you are now, Vegas has you at 9-1 to to win the title. And you have a chance. You should make the playoffs in the West with Steph and D'Angelo in your backcourt. But with just Steph Curry and Draymond, we talked about it after the playoffs ended. I don't even know if that's, that's not, a playoff it's team. It's probably not even a playoff team. And Steph has had injury trouble almost his whole career, or at least missing some games. I mean, you roll that lineup out there without Steph or Clay or KD, I mean, I don't know who they're beating on a any given night. Yeah, I mean, they had to they had to do something to recover from losing Kevin Durant. You can't lose a guy of that caliber and maintain the excellence that they've had for the last five years. Didn't think it'd be D'Lo, but... I mean, they did something. Their front office just doesn't stop. It always seems like they make the right move. It always seems like they find late first round, late second round guys that really seem to help them and really seem to mesh well with the organization. And the one thing about the Warriors is they do not waste their star players' primes of their careers. Like You're you're not going to see them just lay down and give up a year of Steph Curry's prime, which is just shown by them going out and getting D'Angelo Russell. And I, I think that that's something that you have to appreciate. And everything. I think the Warriors became a lot more likable. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors are the standard as far as what their ownership and their front office does and bringing in these players and, like you said, not wasting players' primes. I mean, they've been the best team in basketball the last five years and maybe the best team of all time, and they kind of put it together the right way through the draft and signing one big free agent. I mean, yeah, you can't ask for anything more as a fan of a team. Andre Godala, though, they, they lost both their finals MVPs in one day. It's uh, it's crazy. I guarantee it's never happened before. Yeah, kind of kind of a little misleading stat, but it's a true stat. It's definitely though. true. But one of them was, I mean, Andre Iguodala, who you just talked about aging and all that. But I mean, true stat. Hall of Famer. I agree. Hall of Famer. They trade him to Memphis. Salary cap dump. Andre Iguodala went on a little tour. The Breakfast Club. Did some interviews. Fate was sealed immediately. Told people where the bodies were buried. Yeah, I can't do that. Said he got misdiagnosed. and Especially uh, right after the KD stuff just happened. I mean... didn't He didn't have a lot of positive stuff to say about the war, Warriors organization or definitely the whoever handles the Warriors injuries for sure, which is what something that me and you have been talking about for three or four months now. I mean, how hurt are these guys? What is their exact injury? DeMarcus Cousins has a torn, torn quad. quad. He's missed the whole playoffs. He's out, yeah, he's back in two weeks. And then obviously the KD stuff was a bigger deal. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, they ship him to Memphis. I mean, that's, that's kind of cruel. Apparently he's about to get bought out and probably sign with the Lakers, so... Who knows? Doesn't that seem right? I mean, we can't have a postseason without Andre Iguodala. Yeah, I mean, he was so important to all of their championship. I mean, even this year, they didn't win, but he hit that game winner or the game sealer in the finals, and he would literally die to protect Steph's legacy. So Yeah, and I, I think that this whole breakup between Iguodala and the Warriors was odd, and I mean— I don't. I think that it's absolutely related that he said say, you, all that stuff. Do you think this happens if he doesn't do, do that interview and it goes viral on Twitter 
24 hours before he gets traded? Maybe. Like, maybe it still happens because they need the money and they yeah. wanted to get D'Angelo Russell in there. But I think that it absolutely... Definitely didn't help. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that you will... Right now, maybe Iguodala is not feeling great because he's a Memphis Grizzly for the time being. But like you said, everything is leading to him getting bought out veterans minimum with the Lakers. And um, that's that'd be a really nice pickup for them considering the other options they, they have. They play the Warriors. Yeah, I mean... That's pretty sweet. He, he could still end up with the last lap. But this team barely has any money left. I think they have $18 million in cap room to sign, what, like eight-plus guys? Yeah, they still got some of their own guys to pay, too. Kevon Looney's probably going to get some bigger offers from other teams. Yeah, I'd say that he's almost definitely yeah. gone. I, I heard that some teams were thinking about, like, three years, $50 million for yeah. Kevon Looney, and the Warriors cannot do that. No, no way. So it, this team, they had a really bad bench last year. It's going to get worse. They're going to pay a guy $196 million who can't play this year, which they obviously should have done, not knocking them at all there. But yeah. it's really interesting to see all these franchises really try to build that one through five and not necessarily worry about six to 11, which has worked for the Warriors in the past for sure. Well, their but, five's a little different than everyone else's five. Absolutely. But the Raptors this past year who won the title had a really solid one through nine, had a lot of guys that could go out there and score 15 on you. Do you think that it's odd that teams aren't worried about six to 11 anymore? Or do you think it's kind of the right way to operate? It's definitely weird, but like I just said, it depends on who your five are. It's I think it comes down to not overpaying for certain players because you need to fill a starting spot. I mean, if you can get a LeBron, a KD, a Kawhi, you pay him whatever you want. But, I mean, depth wins in the playoffs. Superstars get you there, but role players win titles all the time. And, yeah, this, this bench is going to be – Unless something drastic changes, this bench is going to be terrible. It's going to be atrocious. And there's not going to be people ring chasing without Clay out there with no KD. I mean, they're not going to be taking a ton less money to go play in Golden State. It's definitely not a sure thing anymore. So this team next year, when Clay's out, we are looking at Curry, D'Angelo Russell, Alfonso McKinney, Draymond Green, and like Damon Jones. It's not great, but and, when Clay returns, this team is going to be pretty legit. He yeah. slides in there for McKinney and. McKinney's a good player. He'll be able to give him no a little Clay bit. no Clay Thompson. Not, not exactly, but <laughs> what do you think uh, this team can do this year, and how do you think this team looks in two to three years? Same question for, from the Nets. I'm definitely not going to count them out of a playoff spot. It's still Steph Curry, still D'Lo and Draymond and all them. I think they I – I mean, I definitely think they struggle at times. I mean, we've seen Steph have bad games and bad stretches throughout his career, as great as he's been. This playoff run included, he just he just goes cold some nights, and there's nothing you can do about that. I think they probably get in about the six to the eight range, and once Clay's back, I think they're at least getting they're at least a second round team talent. But I mean, it depends. There's still a lot in the air with Kawhi and who the Lakers fill out, and I mean, the West is going to be wide open unless Kawhi goes to the Lakers. I I can't wait to watch Steph do his thing alone again and really kind of take those crazy shots. Yeah, and it'll be exciting for sure. But his health has definitely been a problem. Teams have definitely been able to get physical with him and seemingly take him out of his game and his. Ability to drive to the basket and finish is obviously not what it was in 2016 and 17, but maybe it is. We, we didn't really get to see it showcased that often. I definitely think that the Warriors shouldn't be 9-1 to for the title, though. I think it should be more towards 15 or 16. I don't see a ton of immediate success for this team, but you can never count an organization or a coach out like that. And, I mean, these guys are proven champions, so you never know. I want to move to the 76ers. They lose Jimmy Butler. They lose J.J. Redick. 
they replace him with Al Horford. Came out of nowhere. Josh Richardson. Al Horford was probably the most surprising signing of the yeah, day. him and D'Lo. Given where he went. And, I mean, 33-year-old center. They pay him $109 million when they have a center playing point guard, a center playing center. <laughs> Is this, like, the tallest team in NBA history? And starting five-wise, I mean, it's got to be. I don't have any facts to back this up, but it's got to be, right? I'm uh, going to go ahead and say it. It's yeah. the tallest cool. freaking team in NBA history. I mean, back in the 90s, Dennis Rodman's playing power forward yeah. nba leading rebounder he's like six foot seven yeah ben simmons would have been a center back in the day no he wouldn't he just does whatever he wants <laughs> ben simmons is gonna have to maybe learn how to shoot to three now do you think that they're better or worse than they were last season this is hard i mean i think they're a little worse i still think they're gonna be the top one of the top teams in the east but i mean they don't have anybody that can shoot the ball I think Josh Richardson is a really underrated player, and I think he can really help them. He can shoot a little bit. He's really long. He can defend. Very athletic guy. But the Al Horford thing, he's a guy that can shoot. He can stretch the yeah, floor. He's not going to clog it too much. When but two of your best shooters are your power forward and your center. It's just not really a successful playoff winning style. Yeah, I, I thought Redick was as important to the Sixers as any player was to anyone. That one hurt. I mean, he was their best shooter by far, and – down the stretch in the playoffs last year, Jimmy Butler was the guy. He wasn't the best player on that team, but he was the guy they went to when they needed a bucket, when they went on a scoring drought, whenever they needed somebody to take the big shot. I mean, who's going to take the big shot now? Tobias Harris, the $150 million man? 100%. Got to be. Got to be. Who else is going to shoot it? Yeah, and Jimmy, I mean, they apparently offered him a max, so it's he hard to didn't knock. didn't want to be there. It's hard to knock the 76ers. Yeah, they, they did all they could, but they did all they still could, hurts. They maybe should have been more focused on Redick. I, I think Redick is a top 10 three-point shooter in the NBA. Yeah, and he didn't get a ton of money from New Orleans no, either. No, not at all. And New Orleans, it, hard to say how they'll be. I think they'll be good in a couple years. But they signed him two years, $25 million. It's like, man, the Sixers, you really you wouldn't pay him more than that? Maybe he didn't want to be there as well. Yeah. But I, I just I really thought that was important that they lost him because they didn't just have a good three-point shooter. They had a phenomenal one in their lineup where they – Everybody else was, I mean, 35% or below from three. And I I think that this 76ers team was better last year. And I, I don't I don't think that they got better yesterday, but I think that they survived. Yeah, the Al Horford pickup came almost immediately after the Jimmy Butler news. That was, I mean, pretty big. Like we said with D'Lo and KD, they're obviously not the same player, but when you can replace production in some form with another all-star. like Yeah, and you can't waste – years of these guys' careers. Yeah. You don't know how long you're going to have Embiid or Ben Especially Simmons. with Embiid's uh, injury history. and yeah, yeah. You Especially when you're that close. The yeah, Sixers so have been close. And so wide open now, like we've been saying, and now with KD out in the East, out this year, is, I mean, this might be one of their only legitimate chances. Game 7 last year against the Raptors, I mean, they were right they're there. A, yeah, they're a bounce away from beating the NBA Finals champions. So I, saying that, I think that the 2018 Sixers were better than this team. I, I don't think it's a knock on them at all because they lost Jimmy Butler and they tried their best to keep him and they somewhat reloaded. I still think that they're going to be a really good team, still going to be a three or a four seed. I just think they have some work to do. They have some work to do on their bench. They're going to end up bottom five, three-point field goals made, percentage, every everything. Do you think a team that has that, following them around can be successful in today's NBA where the three is so important? Only to a certain extent. I mean, their size and athleticism will be enough to get past a lot of teams in the league, especially with Ben Simmons at point guard, which is insane. But when a team's hitting shots and is hot from behind the arc, I mean, it's hard to win when you can't hit threes in today's NBA. For sure, especially if some team gets hot against you. 
and everything. But yeah. the the Nets, you know, they went nuts that game one of the playoff series against them, made a ton of threes, beat them. Everybody's like, oh, no. And then they dominated them the next four games. One thing about the Sixers is this could be the best defensive team oh, in the yeah, league. It's gonna be, yeah, and their length is insane. So I think that you kind of trade off that lack of three-point shooting for really good defense. And I think the Sixers still have an edge, still have something that makes them different with their height and just ability to defend their length. I still think they're going to be really good. I wouldn't count them out. Jimmy Butler, not a 76er anymore, goes to the Miami Heat. The Heat lose Whiteside. They lose Richardson. Hassan Whiteside went to the Blazers earlier today. So what does adding Jimmy Butler really do? Because, I mean, this team is not going to be very good, right? Yeah. Jimmy Butler might be the weirdest guy in the NBA. I mean, I love the guy. I like watching him play. seems like a cool guy off the court, but – seems like he's never got along with one of his teammates. This is the first time he's got to choose where he gets to play, really, and he chooses a team that is years away from competing, even in the East, and I don't know. It's it's just weird to me. I guess he just wants to live in Miami. I don't know what is going on here. He's from Houston, and yeah, Houston wanted turned, him bad. Didn't even think about playing with Chris Paul and James Harden. That would have been just must-see TV, those three guys all trying to share one ball. It's just weird. I think he just wants to kind of do his thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely irrelevant for now. They just cleared Whiteside off the books. People are always going to want to come play in Miami. It's Miami, but for now, it's just he's just going to be one of those superstars in, in an irrelevant city. You'll see his highlights. He'll have a 50-point game every once in a while, but other than that, I, I don't know. This is kind of irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, the you know, the big three days in Miami are now over, and Dwayne Wade's gone. They're officially book closed on that, and I don't know. I think this team is just not going to be very good. No. Jimmy Butler's your number one scorer. You pretty much have no shot at making the playoffs, and I think that that's what you're looking at with the Miami Heat. And Dwayne Wade was recruiting him really hard over social media, and I thought that was really interesting. A lot of people are like, oh, Wade and Butler, they went to Marquette together. They played, played with the Bulls yeah, together. For, yeah, it didn't go very well. Heat legends now. A couple years ago, Gabrielle Union posted a picture on Instagram, who is Dwayne Wade's wife. And Jimmy Butler like commented on it with a bunch of fire emojis oh, and yeah. hard eyes. And Dwayne Wade was freaking pissed. He was really pissed about it. He commented <laughs> back, and then he spoke to the media about it. Like, yeah, that's not cool. Like, he's somebody that I know, but I don't know like that, and I don't want him talking about my wife that way. Like, we we can talk about that next time I see him. It's an odd relationship. Yeah, it seems like they're boys now. I guess they put that behind them. Yeah, uh, that's good. I guess. I mean, yeah. I've, if I'm D Wade, I'm like, screw that guy. He's, <laughs> they're gonna win thirty games. Quick comment on my wife's picture. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, those Marquette guys got to stick together, I guess. There's not a ton of them in the league. Yeah, I, all they need is Travis Diener. <laughs> but uh, we already said that we don't think that this team's a playoff team. What does the Miami Heat lineup for this upcoming season even look like? Um, Deion Waiters, <laughs> Jimmy Butler. I was going to say Whiteside, but he's gone down too. Tyler Hero going to get some minutes. Oh, Tyler Hero. I forgot they picked up him and Bam, Bam Adebayo. Yeah. Couple Kentucky guys down there. So. Oh, well, you can forget what I said about the playoffs thing. I mean, at most, this team competes for the eight seed, maybe the seven, depending on how the East shakes out. But like we've been saying, I mean, we've seen the last ten years in the East, five hundred might be good enough to get you the eight seed. The Pistons literally just did it this year. I don't know. I mean, if they get in, congrats. But what are they going to do? Get swept? Yeah, I, I think the power has shifted a little bit. You know, until Kawhi makes his call. If Kawhi stays with the Raptors, yeah, the Kawhi East is probably better than the West. And I think that. You know, the Heat are still better than like the Pistons oh, and the Hornets. I'm about to leave. You know they are. 
You know they are. We'll see. You guys wish we you just had picked Tyler up Derrick Rose. I do wish we had Tyler Hero. Yeah, whatever. Let's talk we about say how do I'm bub. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I know. I, I see your tweets about him all the time. You love him now. You didn't love him before you drafted him. Though. Hey, you got to ride with your guys, bro. He's on my team now. The Celtics they lose Kyrie Irving. They reload immediately with Kimball Walker. Not much else is different. They lose Al Horford. They pick up Enos Cantor today. Is this team going to be better or worse? Because the Kyrie thing didn't work. It's really hard to say because I think Kyrie Irving is a better basketball player than Kimball Walker. I think that's fair to say. But, I mean, Kyrie seemed to hate his time in Boston. His teammates seemed to hate him. Kimba seems like a guy that could come in and gel with anybody. He's going to put the team first. I think he'll definitely fit in better than Kyrie. And, I mean, Tatum had a down year considering what he did his rookie year last year. You got to think a lot of that was maybe the Kyrie drama and everything going on. I don't know. I mean, this is this is, this is going to be uh, – they might be about the same, honestly. Yeah, between Jalen Brown and Tatum, you have maybe the most potential in the entire league. Yeah, and it, it seems like we've been waiting for Jalen Brown's potential for like five years now. They're still to like – just take the next step. Still like they're still so under, young. But, yeah. I don't know. He's, they've been. It seems like he's been in the league for like five or six years now. It seems like he's been as good as he was when he first came in for like five years. And Tatum kind of took a step back last year, but I mean he's literally like twenty years old. So I think Tatum will have a lot much better year coming up. I think Kemba cannot wait to play in some nationally televised. It's going to be. Games. So, it's going to be so awesome to see one of the best. I know it was in college, but one of the best playoff performers of our life finally get to play meaningful basketball after. Nine or ten years in the league. Nine or ten years of watching Kid Gilchrist shoot the way he shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm happy. I'm really happy for Kim, but he got paid and he gets to go to a good team. Just an awesome fit for both sides. Yeah, so the Celtics, their lineup next year is looking a little bit like Kimba, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, and now you would think Cantor is probably the starting center there. Who do you think this team's success relies on? I want to say Tatum because I just said he had he took a step back and I expect him to have a better year and progress even more. But, I mean, if Gordon Hayward could just get back to half of what he used to be, it changes everything. Somebody else is going to have to score on this team. And I don't really think he will, but it's, it's really sad to see how good he was in Utah. And then he immediately finally gets to a contending team and it's over in like three minutes of game time. I and think, he's never been the same guy since then. I think that there's no denying that Hayward and Jalen Brown and Tatum will all be better without worrying about if they're going to play like 22 minutes on this night because Rozier got hot or because Kyrie didn't come out or, you know, with the Marcus yeah. Smart thing. I think that their rotation shortening is good for these guys. I think it'll help Hayward feel more comfortable. But I'm with you. I think it's on Gordon Hayward. I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are definitely going to take a step. And I think you know what you're going to get from Kemba Walker. So if Gordon Hayward can even be 80% of what he was, this is going to be a good team. I'd say that they're probably going to be a four seed, something like that. But let's move to the saddest part Man. of the day. The New York Knicks, what was it, a little over a month ago that they let out the information that when they got the number one pick, they were they trading were, for AD, and then KD was coming, and then Kyrie was coming. They didn't even want Zion, man, because they were just yeah. going to trade him for They Anthony don't need Davis. Zion. They just need Anthony Davis, KD, and Kyrie, and now they don't have any of the four. On the same team, and now they have RJ, RJ Barrett, Barrett Kevin Knox, and Julius Randle, couple Kentucky and Bobby guys Portis. They have signed a lot of people. They're not great, but they're definitely active. They have only signed power forwards. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier today. Oh, wow. (laughs) Emmanuel Moutier. Shooters in the building. All right. Well, I guess it's not all sad. But But they 
everyone they have signed is on a two-year deal with a team option after one year. So I'm, I guess they're going to take a shot at this next year, too, when the free agent class is not nearly as good. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of over hearing anybody say anybody is going to the Knicks ever. R.J. Barrett probably woke up yesterday with all kinds of optimism and hope, and it was all quickly ruined. <laughs> So this team's lineup next year looks like what? Is Dennis Smith Jr., Kevin Knox, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. Moutier. Yeah, Barrett, Moutier. I mean, they are just going to be horrendous, I think. But they do have some okay young players. What do you think the most embarrassing or disheartening part of this whole thing really is for the Knicks organization? I think the worst part is that KD and Kyrie were set on playing together. They were both set in coming to New York. And the neck, the Knicks were never really, never even really had a chance. They both signed with the Nets immediately. It comes out that they weren't even going to offer Katie a max, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Every team in the NBA that has the money should have offered him a max. I don't know. It, it just seems like every year you hear who the Knicks are going to get and this huge market and the mecca and all this. And I mean, they haven't had a star since what Melo's first two years there. Yep. Shout out to Carmelo for having the guts to yeah. go play for the Knicks. I mean, it, no nobody one ever wants joined to do him. It. Yeah, yeah, you got to respect the guy. He he was pretty good there. I think the most disheartening part is who they actually signed. <laughs> when you see that they signed three power forwards, that they give Taj Gibson twenty million, that they give Bobby Portis thirty one million. I mean, this team, it's it's just like, why don't you save your money? What what are you trying to do? Well, yeah, that's what I said about the the two year deals thing. I mean, you got. You don't get to roll that money over if you don't spend it. So I guess it's good they gave all these guys short-term deals. But it was really weird. Their first three signings were all power forwards, and they were probably all overpaid. I mean, I love Julius Randle. He's a great – he had a really good year last year. But Julius Randle's really good. Yeah, he, he seems to get better every year too. They're going to win some games, just not very many of them, just like under 22 of them probably, which is not, <laughs> not very, very many. Yeah. No, no, it's uh, not very good. It's 25% of their games. Not going to be a great team. Do you think this is the worst NBA team to be a fan of? At the time, right now, yeah. I mean, just all that hope. Just at least as a Pistons fan, like I don't have hope. Like we haven't had we haven't had salary cap in probably six years, and nobody wants to come play in Detroit. I don't even have hope. But Knicks fans, they have hope every year, and it just gets crushed on July first every single year. And they have probably the worst owner in all of sports, and he refuses to sell the team. They literally traded Porzingis for no reason. Yeah, that hurts. And he's still very young and going to be very good for a very long time, and they're just going to have to watch it. Yeah, for cap room so they could sign <laughs> KD and Kyrie. It's why they traded him. Like, we, we were like, oh, I guess they're going there. Why, why else would they, they do that? they got to have an under-the-table deal. And now Porzingis is a maverick. The Knicks have nothing. It's up there. I think the Wizards are worth mentioning. The Wizards are in a pretty bad situation as well. But like, at least your team, the Pistons, at least you have Blake Griffin. At least yeah, the Wizards I mean, we, have we Brad make the, Beal. We make the eight seed. We creep in there. We get swept. But you know, we're in there. Maybe, maybe RJ Barrett gets to that level because it's very possible that RJ Barrett ends up being really, really good and makes this Knicks franchise different than what it is today. But today, it's not good. Not great. And what you said about the Wizards, I mean. They were in a really bad situation with that contract. They just gave Wall, and then he immediately gets hurt. But the basketball fans in Washington and the basketball fans in New York are so much different. The Knicks expect so much more. And at least the Wizards have that minor amount of success recently, where Wall got to stand on that table. Yeah, I mean they that year before he got hurt, they were. I mean they were really good. And the Knicks have not. It seems like the Knicks have won one, one playoff series in our lifetime. And at least you get to go watch Beal. I mean, he's a top 15 player in the NBA. You get to go watch him 41 times a year. 
it, it could be worse. You could have to cheer yeah, for the Knicks. I would say at the time it's definitely tougher to be a Knicks fan than any other team in the league. Let's uh let's talk about my favorite team of the day. The Utah Jazz. They signed Bogdanovic away from the Pacers. Me and uh me and Kendrick went to that game four where the Pacers ended up getting swept by the Celtics in the first round. And Bogdanovic was phenomenal. And Bogdanovic is so awesome to watch live. He doesn't play with a ton of speed, but he always gets a shot off. Knockdown shooter, good defender, good ball handler. He doesn't do anything bad. He's a really good player. The Pacers are going to be really bad without this guy. But, man, I mean, the Jazz, what a couple of weeks for them. 50 wins last year. They signed Bogdanovic, who's really, really good. He's really going to help them. Fits in with Utah, I think, perfectly. They bring in Mike Conley, too. How much better can this year's Jazz team be than the last? Man, I think those two pickups are huge. If Conley can come back and stay healthy, I mean, Donovan not having to run the entire offense for the entire game is so huge. He'll have a floor general and Conley out there. And basically the only shooter they had, I can't tell you how many Jazz games I bet on and had to watch them kick out the Jay Crowder to shoot 10 threes and just watch him hit the side of the back Painful. four times. No chance. And I was just like, why do I keep betting on Jay Crowder every single night? I have to get some help. <laughs> And now the help's here with Bogdanovich and Conley. I mean, just so much more space for Donovan to work. He doesn't have to run the offense. He can save his energy. He can kick out to someone other than Joe Ingles and not expect to hit the side of the backboard. I mean, yeah, I think this Jazz team stays healthy. I think they're a legitimate title contender out of the West. I think that they did exactly what they should have done. You're not going to get a top 10 guy to come to Salt Lake City and play for the Jazz. You're just not. So go after those guys that are 30 to 50. They totally did. Donovan actually has something to work with, and that was always my biggest issue with the Jazz. People were saying Donovan's field goal percentage is so down. He shoots well, he so has many to shoot times. It every time. What do you want him to do? <laughs> they he passes him. to be somebody worse than him. So. They have 24 seconds to shoot. I mean, wh- what do you want them to do? They have a really good rim protector in Rudy Gobert. They have Joe Ingles, Bogdanovic, Donovan, and Mike Conley. This is a really solid group of guys to attack an NBA season with, and I really like the Jazz. I, I think that they're going to be tough. I think I you're looking at top four seed. really hope Conley can get back to what he was before the injury because people don't really understand how good he was because he played in that small market, that grinded out Memphis team. But he was – I mean, he was the highest paid player in NBA history at one point, and he didn't just luck into that. No, he's he's a very good player, and he's definitely better than Rubio. Yeah. I just Rubio would fit really well on a team like the Lakers, where he could just like distribute yeah, the ball nonstop. Sure. Have to shoot two or three wide Doesn't open threes. Doesn't have to be one of the main offensive weapons. Yeah, and if you're out there for the Jazz last season, you better be one of the main offensive weapons <laughs> because Donovan can only shoot twenty five or thirty times. That's already a lot. He can't shoot forty or fifty times. Oh, I can't wait to watch the Jazz. And that Quinn Snyder, that coach there, he gets fired up over there. He's a scary looking guy. He's, scary. He's intimidating. I like him. I think he's a genius. Jazz are going to be fun. What's your favorite move outside of the ones I mentioned so far? Uh, probably Derrick Rose. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, we covered most of the big ones. I kind of—I know you just said the Pacers are going to be bad. I kind of like the Pacers have done. They brought in Brogdon and Jeremy Lamb to go with getting Oladipo back in a conference where the Nets aren't going to have KD. The 76ers lost Jimmy. The Celtics lost Kyrie and Horford. I mean, I don't expect the Pacers to come out of the East by any means, but I think they're going to be a scrappy team like they have been the past few years, and I really like the Brogdon pickup for them. No, I mean, you they, they lose Bogdanovich. It does, it does suck like they lost Bogdanovich. They so. really needed, and Darren Collison retires to become that a was, Jehovah's Witness. That was insane. 
Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Darren Collison, they were a playoff team every year he was in Indiana. Constant double-digit assist guy, one of the best ball handlers He was in the about league. to get paid. Yeah, it's That's weird. Just, just weird timing to retire. And I, I saw a lot of things linking Terry Rozier to the Pacers, and I just thought that would have been a really cool yeah, link up awesome. for him to be that close to Louisville. It would have made it a lot more fun to go watch their games. But Brogdon and Jeremy Lamb, absolutely good pickups. I just think that the Pacers are not going to be very good and that they – I just wish they would have done different stuff. I could definitely see it working. Brogdon, it just, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of Brogdon, you know? Yeah, it's been kind of weird because his rookie year, he was so good and then he gets hurt and he seems like he barely played when he came back. It's like there wasn't enough minutes for everybody on that Bucks team. But I like the Pacers gambling here with Brogdon. No, it's a very good point. And, you know, Lamb was the second best player on the Hornets last year. Hit the, probably the coolest buzzer beater in regular season NBA history. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Got to count for something. You know, you're right. I'm, that should tack a few million onto your contract, just that one shot alone. You're turning me on the Pacers. That's why you're here. And what you said about Derrick Rose, the Pistons only sign people who cannot shoot threes. Yeah, that's kind of our play. I yeah. mean, we were the worst shooting team in the NBA last year, and we're coming for that title again. I love that. It's gonna be, we're Own gonna be, your identity. I mean, we haven't had cap in five years because we paid Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin the entire salary, so nobody wants to come to Detroit. I'm honestly not mad at Derrick Rose signing at all because we got him for super cheap. If you look at what some of these other point guards that kind of compare to him are signing for, and we lost Ish Smith, so we had to get a backup point guard somewhere. Reggie Jackson's going to get hurt within the first month of the season. Derrick Rose is going to be starting. Yeah, I mean, I know nobody cares, but yeah, you guys I, thought, I thought it was a good pickup. It was our only pickup. We don't have any other cap room. but You guys will so be in contention for that oh, 10 to 8 spot. coming for that 7 seed this year. You heard it here first. No way. We don't even want the 8. You were getting carried away. We're going to get swept again, but we'll be there. My favorite move outside of what we talked about so far is definitely Redick to the Pelicans. I don't know how good this team can immediately be, but J.J. Redick makes any team better. Lonzo Ball is a really, really good passing point guard and defensive point guard. And, I mean, they have Zion. It, we don't really know what we're going to get from Zion in the NBA, but everybody says it's going to be really, really good. So, I I like the Pelicans bringing in Redick. Drew Holiday, Redick, Lonzo Ball, Zion, Brandon Ingram. They got a lot of really high draft picks, a lot of potential on their team. And I just think that Redick, I totally thought he would have just go, gone to a contender and, and been yeah, kind of... really weird, and he signed so quick. Like, as soon as Fred just... It's like he knew where he wanted to go before it even started yeah i really like that for the pelicans though picking up a veteran player that can do nothing but just knock down wide open threes it definitely helps the pelicans is seth curry to the mavericks i, I like that one i like too. that one a lot especially for my 2k team purposes yeah they they lined up uh porzingis he's gonna stay there they have Doncic, and i think seth curry is a very underrated player i think he deserves to play starting minutes the blazers couldn't give that to him because they have two guards that are freaking awesome but I, I like him going to Dallas, a place where he can maybe get some more minutes. He's another guy that's very similar to J.J. Redick. Like, leave him open. You can change a channel. It's going in. Another one I liked, Hassan Whiteside to the Blazers today. The Blazers are going to be huge. They still have McCollum and Lillard. This team's going to be good. Whiteside's in a contract year, too. So he could be that Whiteside that we saw two or three years ago that was really going back and forth with Joel Embiid. And now it's like, wow, was Whiteside ever talking to Joel Embiid? Who knows what you're going to get from him? Nurkic yeah, is going to miss the whole year. Uh, especially with Nurkic coming back or trying to come back from that injury, he's definitely going to miss a lot of the season. Yeah, I, I like that move for the Blazers a lot. And I've kind of liked the, the obviously, we said it five times, Kawhi 
changes everything, but I kind of like the Blazers in the West. It's for now. For yeah. now, it's wide yeah. open. You got to see who the Lakers fill their roster out with, too. Yeah, we've. Uh, Which they're kind of running out of time on. That. That's our favorite. <laughs> that's our favorite part of this whole thing is that this applies parity to the NBA, and who knows what's going to happen? Who knows who's going to win the title? There's six or seven teams that we could really say could do it, and. I think the Blazers are absolutely one of those. McCollum and Lillard find a way to get better every single year. Always find a way to make that next step. They made it to the Western Conference Finals this year. There are no more Golden State Warriors. So if it really does end up being just LeBron and Anthony Davis, which we'll get to later, I don't think it's going to be. But I like what the Blazers are doing. Uh, what's the best value deal you saw? And who is the most overpaid player? Well, I'm kind of piggybacking on what you just took with Redick. I think he got pretty underpaid for what people are paying knockdown shooters these days. And I just thought it was weird that he even went to the Pelicans. Reddick's a guy who's been in the league for a while. He's made his money. You'd think he'd go sign with a contender. And I think the Pelicans are more than a few years away from being serious contenders, but they're going to be awesome on 2k. Yeah. Very uh, popular team. I can't wait for it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like him. I like him going there for the, just for the entertainment value. The Pelicans are probably gonna be one of my favorite teams to watch next year. We talked about that on the um, the last NBA podcast about how they're probably not going to win a ton of games, but they're going to be must-watch TV every time they're on the court, as one team usually is with Zion on another team. But, yeah, I mean, I think that was a great signing for the Pelicans as far as money goes. Most overpaid. Who are you going to knock right now? Man, there's – I mean, there's so many of these guys out here right now because everybody oh, – man. I love Tobias Harris, but $150 million is insane. He looked like um, the fifth best player on yeah, there. I mean, team. when he was on the Pistons and he was like our number one option, he was really good. And I was really sad when we let him go in the Blake Griffin trade. But that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for Tobias Harris, man. I think he was dead. And Bobby Portis, 31 million. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. I hate to keep bashing the Knicks, but come <laughs> so on. That's the anti-Bobby Portis podcast. I'm a huge fan of Terry's situation. I think that the Hornets, I'm just going to say, I think they're going to be horrendous. They're not going to be great, and he gets get that Kimba treatment of never playing in a relevant game. But, you know, he's $58 million for Terry Rozier it makes me really happy. It just seems like a lot. Yeah, and that's a little potential-based, I would say. He, he definitely stepped up that playoff run they had when Kyrie was out, but he hasn't really ever been the guy for a long stretch. But I don't know. I mean, the Hornets didn't want to pay Kimba, but... So what is the Hornets? I definitely don't think they're a playoff team. No. So you have Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington, and you have Terry Rozier. They have, like, some of the worst contracts in the NBA. They yeah. have Batum for, like, $26 million. They have um, Kid Gilchrist makes, like, $18 million. I mean, they but they're all coming off the books next year, so the Hornets can kind of get, like, a reset next year, but it's going to be bad. They might be one of the worst teams in the NBA. Yeah. I, Actually, there's no might about it. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA. I think they're just going to be terrible. Yeah, they're going to be horrible. I do think that in terms of Terry Rozier, he – Paid his dues. He had one opportunity to really be the starting point guard for the Celtics and kind of have the keys to the car, and he was fantastic. And it was in the playoffs, which makes everything better. Yeah, to all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, he was really, really good. Barstool Sports putting out the scary Terry shirts and everything. He was a popular player that was unbelievable for a short run. So there's no reason to think that him being a starting point guard in the NBA can't go really well for him. I just think he's – that's what bums me out about the possible Pacers thing that I saw and then he doesn't go there is that he could have been on a team competing for a playoff spot, and now I truly believe that he's not. No, he's not. There's no truly behind it. He's definitely – uh, the Warriors just lost some of their – some more of their depth. Jordan Bell just signed with the T-Wolves. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, big. big Should loss. we restart this whole thing and yeah. do the whole thing on that? Talk about the T-Wolves winning it all, Jordan Bell. Oh, my God. Huge pickup for them. And Carl Anthony Towns posted an Instagram story that said loading. Yeah, and they he, were getting that was D'Angelo a Russell. little premature. Oh, you think? Because they didn't get him. They're yeah. going to be the same. <laughs> no one's taking that Wiggins contract either. Exactly. Which, same squad. <laughs> it's, uh, can it's we go back to the free agency he got paid so I can say that was the most overpaid person? Because that contract is horrible. Andrew Wiggins? Yes. Oh, I, I heard that you said that he was a top 20 player I in the league. I did not. Uh, shout out Trey Hayden, who argued for a few hours that Andrew Wiggins was a top 25 player in the league. What was the most insignificant move that you saw yesterday? I don't want to beat a dead horse, but it's Jimmy Butler. As far as a star player goes, because a lot of role players are insignificant as far as title contention for the next season, because a lot of them just try to get the most money they can, sign with whoever. But Jimmy Butler's... I think a fringe top 15 player in the league when he is out there playing. And now he's going to a team where we're probably not going to hear from him for at least next year. I mean, who knows what's going to happen if he can get somebody to come down there and join him or even wants anybody to come down there and join him. But just really disappointed that he's not going to be on a good team. And I I hate when stars waste their prime years on teams that have no chance. I think Bam and Harrow are going to be good, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, Bam's Bam's already pretty good. He's already shown... Better flashes in his NBA career than I thought he would when he left Kentucky. There's a couple guys that do that, a couple guys that aren't nearly as good, like MKG. But Bam is a nice surprise. Collie Stein, same thing in Sacramento. He's way better than I thought he was going to be in the NBA. But, yeah, I got I got faith in Harrow for sure. But I just I think it's the Jimmy Butler deal is just so insignificant. My most insignificant move is definitely going to be everything the Phoenix Suns did, have done, almost ever as an organization. But – Definitely yesterday and today. Ricky Rubio, three years, $53 million. What? Booker needs a running mate, bro. Somebody got to run the offense. Sure. And uh, Frank Kaminsky, two years, $10 million. I like Booker. I like Aiton a lot. This whole thing sucks. It does suck because they're both so young and they're both so talented and it just seems like it's just going to be them two for forever and ever and ever. And Booker, I think he's phenomenal. He's one of the most fun League pass guys to watch. He just pours in buckets. Unreal. He doesn't seem like a very fun guy to play with, though. He takes a lot of shots. But at the same time, same thing you said with Donovan earlier. I mean, who is he going to pass to? Who Kelly else is taking Oubre. the shots? Ubre, yeah. yeah you, he came in about mid-season, like, mid-season last year, right? Yeah, had a huge money line victory, plus 18 and I've a half. I've heard about that a few times. In Golden State, late Sunday night when the week's about to restart. <laughs> Those are the most important games. They were the most important Sunday night get back. Kelly Oubre was unbelievable in that game. But, man, the Suns just – I really feel like they – what they did in the draft, I think, goes into my frustration with their moves yesterday. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Who's going to go play for the Suns anyway? I just saw a lot of stuff about Kyle Lowry going to the Suns, Terry Rozier maybe to the Suns. I Rozier thought that would have been, been fun. Nice I, wanted, uh, I wanted D'Lo to go there or Minnesota, but instead he went to the Warriors. So. Went. They got Ricky Rubio. That is a team I think that we can rule out of playoff contention. Yeah, one of the few in the West, probably. Yeah, let's do it. Let's rule them let's out. Let's rule them out officially. They will not make playoffs. You heard it here first. All right. Maybe Suns. ever again. Sun's not going to the playoffs, <laughs> at least next year. Last thing, the Lakers. The silent killer. They don't sign anybody. Troy to, Daniels. Two in, million. They signed Troy Daniels <laughs> for two like million. They didn't. Absolute marksman. So – they don't make any moves yesterday. They got all this money left. 
I think it's a sign that they have a real shot at Kawhi. You're seeing they the at tweets. least think they do. They have to. You're seeing the tweets come out that it's the Lakers to lose, and I mean, what? I I I still can't see it. I'm not gonna see it. I'm not gonna believe it until I see Kawhi say that he's going there. It's impossible for me to think that Kawhi would come off a Finals MVP and then join LeBron and AD and kind of be. I'm not gonna say the third wheel because he's just as good as the rest of those guys, but. You're never going to be bigger than LeBron on his team. Andy Davis is one of the most exciting players in the league. Kawhi is very good, but he's not. He's very to himself. It just seems like a weird fit that he would go there. They would obviously be the best team in the league immediately. Literally, probably two to one to win yeah, the title. But I don't. It, I can't with see, me and you out there with him, I can't see him being that guy coming off the biggest. This is the biggest his stock will ever be. Is what he just did with the Raptors. I can't see him not taking advantage and go being on his own team. It, it's crazy. It, we're so excited about how a bunch of teams could have a chance. And if Kawhi goes <laughs> he could to the end Lakers, that really quick. ended in a day or two, it'd yeah. be nuts. I just, I really think that there's red flags everywhere when you see the Lakers have done nothing. A lot of guys that I mentioned that I wanted the Lakers to take a shot they're at. They're already gone. They're gone. Yeah, I mean, and they have to think at this point that they're getting him because you can't let all these role players go with all that money they have to spend and all those roster spots they have to fill. And they, I mean, Troy Daniels, but outside of him, they haven't done anything. And if Kawhi's going to take his time here, he's not, he's in no rush. More people are going to sign before he does. If they don't get Kawhi, they're in trouble. You know, the Warriors, everybody would say, well, they have four all stars. Well, they have three of the top five guys. That's one of those things people say that's just not true. You know, maybe three of the top 10, 15 yeah, guys. Yeah, they probably had three of the top five shooters or maybe even yeah. scorers, but they didn't have three of the top five players in the NBA, and the Lakers legitimately would. They may have three of the top three yeah, guys. Especially next year with KD not going to be on a court. They have three. Yeah, I mean, I'm comfortable saying that's three of the best players in the NBA. Yeah, and it, it would be fun to watch them, but Everybody hated Kevin Durant for years. Kawhi is such a likable player. Is that lamer than what KD did? I'm not going to say it's as lame. It would definitely be, and even more so, unfair as far as the rest of the league. It's not as lame to me because this team this team isn't coming off back-to-back finals appearances. The Lakers didn't just beat Kawhi after Kawhi went up 3-1 in the playoffs last year. But like I just said, it would be just as unfair. It would be the best team in the NBA it would be talked about immediately as, is this the best team of all time? I really don't want it to happen. I love LeBron, huge LeBron guy, defend LeBron till the death. Obviously, everybody knows I want Anthony Davis. I love Anthony Davis. He brought me my only title as a Kentucky fan where I knew what basketball even was. So I want both these guys to get a ring, but I want the NBA to be great again. I want there to be parity. I want there to be an awesome playoff run where you really have no clue who's going to win it all. And that's not going to happen with, if Kawhi joins these two guys. So I'm, I'm hoping he goes back to Toronto for at least one more year. But I, I don't care if he goes. I think it'd be pretty cool if he went to the Clippers too. I think that whatever he does, that I'm going to be okay with it, and then I'm going to think it's cool. Yeah. If he goes to the Lakers, it definitely makes a lot of these other moves seem insignificant because we're yeah. going to feel like we know who's going to win the title. I, won't, I honestly won't be very mad. I want LeBron to finish with as many rings as he can for his legacy and all that, but. That would be a fun team to watch, man. Yeah, I'm, oh, no doubt. It'd be a fun team to watch, and I just, it's crazy how so many things have changed, but so many things can still change with one person's decision. Yeah, if I he, mean, Kawhi alters the whole NBA at this point. Everything, All the other superstars have kind of already found their place, and it, we're just waiting on the finals MVP. If he goes back to the Raptors, 
They're they're. How the, do you walk away from that team? After they're what the you Eastern just did. Conference favorite. Yeah, and probably the the finals favorite. Yeah. I would say, depending on who the Lakers fill this roster out with. They're they're right there, at least in the top three in terms of title odds. If he goes to the Clippers, then you have a real situation where like ten different teams can win it all. Yeah, that would be so awesome. I think for the for the casual NBA fan, the Clippers is probably the best move. Like you should be rooting for if you want just absolute chaos. And even the Raptors, I mean, they won it all this year, but like we said earlier, they were a bounce away from getting bounced out, and there's no guarantee they'll get back to that spot next year. Yep, and the Lakers, though, I mean, it'd be fun, man. It, it would be it'd really be fun. It'd be cool to watch them. It would be, it would be interesting to see because a lot of the people that have hated the Warriors and what they've done are LeBron fans. And vice versa, the people who have defended KD are huge LeBron haters. And I'd be on the side that I'm like, oh, okay, cool. LeBron's going to get him some more rings. AD's going to get a ring. I like Kawhi too. But yeah, I like all three of those guys. Me too. Man. Three of my favorites in the league. I would love to see him on the same team, but at the same time, I just don't really want it to happen. I don't want that LeBron legacy to be diminished in any way. Like my KD's kind of is in my mind. I don't know. I understand. I just, yeah. I, I think I'm cool with whatever. I, I've enjoyed. I'm, I'm cool with it either way. But I've enjoyed the reshake up. I I can't wait to watch all of these teams. All uh, the NBA being so far away. That's the only bad yeah. thing about this. I'm definitely looking more forward to this season than I have in. Season, who knows how many years? I guess since KD left Oklahoma yeah. City, probably. Yeah, that playoffs was insane that year too. No doubt. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the last thing to ask you is what is Kawhi Leonard going to do? Give me a prediction. Oh, man. I, I'm still going to say he signs with the Raptors probably on a one-and-one. One. It's just it's hard to imagine walking away from a team that you just – you come there for one year, you're embraced by the, an entire country, you win it all, you defeat the Warriors. I know they weren't 100%, whatever. Either way, they won. He seems like he had so much fun with all those guys on that team. They all seem to love each other. Coming off a title – I don't, I don't know how you don't come back to that. He's literally one of the biggest Canadian heroes of all time already. I don't know. Toronto's an awesome city. I don't know. I, I hope you're right. I do. But my prediction is that Kawhi Leonard becomes a Los Angeles Laker. It would be insane. I really think that the Lakers think they know something and think they have something. And late last night, the Clippers paid Pat Beverly $40 million. Yeah. The Raptors haven't done anything, though. I really think it's a two-horse race between the Raptors and the Lakers. And I think the Lakers are going to win. I think they're the Los Angeles Lakers. They're in Hollywood. They have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And Kawhi's been saying he wants to go to L.A. for, two what, two years now? And I don't think Kawhi cares all that much about yeah. what the public thinks about him. And I don't know how mad Raptors fans can really be because they're never no, going to have a Raptors that kind of fan, success. You, you can never be mad at Kawhi again. He brought you a title. I mean, definitely. I I don't think it's as lame as what KD did because he you know lost to the team and then joined the team and Oklahoma City seems so close. One of the only teams yeah. that were able to challenge the Warriors in the playoffs. Yeah, for and real. the Raptors aren't even in the same conference as the Lakers. Yeah. I don't think it's as lame, but it would definitely be just as unfair, probably even more so. Like we said, these might be the three best players in the NBA next year, and they'd all be on the same team. Going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, waiting on you, Kawhi. We'll see. We'll talk then. All right, Shay. Not a bad episode this week. Not bad. I kind of enjoyed it. Started strong. Ended strong. Garrett, I mean, first five minutes. Her and Jed go on their solo date. He drops a little. He bring his guitar today. 
Okay. A little bit of salt in the I house. love anything said negatively towards Jed. I, I just, think it's just amazing. There's no secret that I'm not a big Jed fan, but a little bit of fire in the house this episode. I, I didn't feel like uh, I totally knew what was happening. We kind of we had a hunch over who we thought would be the last four, but her kicking off three people this week and everything, it made it a little bit more oh, exciting. I loved it. I, I, multiple kickoffs a show makes it better. Absolutely. And I, even without the roast ceremony, which we've talked about over and over again, that we that we need. We need our roast ceremonies. I like how she had to tell Garrett and Luke P at the same time which one she was picking. It Just all of the episode, pretty good. And I'm starting to just really dislike Hannah. It's so, a shame. Like, she started out really strong. Yeah, and I, I really uh, just don't like her anymore, just the way she it's is. the crying. And I don't a hate... A lot of crying. Oh, yeah, we'll get to it. I, I don't hate the show, though, and... I feel like that's a really tough thing to do, to have a good show when your main character is probably disliked. But I don't know. Maybe she's not. We're off base about some stuff. We don't really know what's going on. Shay, your first takeaway from this wild episode. Well, since we were just talking about Jed, might as well start with him. Let's do it. Early on on their one-on-one date, they're talking to a, a couple from the Netherlands. Been together 54 years. Beautiful thing to see, really. Beautiful. And uh, the couple just nicely asked, where are y'all from? Jed goes, we're English. Hannah, just staring at him with a stupid look, says, Jed, buddy, we're American. We speak English. W- was that serious? I I honestly could not believe my ears. I, I thought mean, the guy was joking. Uh, that's, uh, that's ridiculous. I think that should have called for expulsion right there. Gone. I mean, he was, what, 25 years old? He didn't know... We're American and speak English? He shows up there with these tulips that suck. I mean, they look like they've been dead for three weeks. And then, I mean, he he has this quote there where he goes, that's how it goes in a relationship sometimes. You have to hear things that don't make you happy. Yeah, I bet, Jed. I bet your girlfriend took it really well when you told her that you were going on The Bachelorette. Or you didn't tell her and she just watched episode one or something. Thought Man. you were just on a work trip. Probably Man. not a work trip. Yeah, uh... Just seems like an all-around good guy. Hey, we're going to meet his family next week. Heard his sister might be a looker. Let's see. <laughs> I just hope we get something entertaining out of Jed's family trip. But judging from the previews, we might. Jed may be in this thing for the long haul, whether we like it or not. Shirtless with a guitar around his, uh, around his torso. Something's going on. Even in this episode, a lot happened. A lot did happen. I enjoyed it. But, man, a lot... More happens in the previews, I feel like, than the ap- actual episode. I don't know. I just, I wish they wouldn't have shown me as much in the preview tonight, but we'll get to it. Also, the uh, heel clicking thing that they did when they were... Uh, I, not a fan, not a fan. I didn't enjoy that. No, that, and that could have been a candidate for cringiest moment, which we're doing every week, but there was just too much, too many other things. So I... Couldn't go with that, but my, my first takeaway is uh, something that you already said, Shay. Hannah, she's always crying. I mean, she's crying in the first 20, 25 minutes tonight. And just why? Why are you always crying? I would love to have a show like this. I mean, it, it seems like a like a major first world problem to have, to, to be the bachelorette, but it, she gets to date a bunch of people at once, and it's, like, cool with everybody. It, it's a weird concept. She shouldn't be so upset. She's in a different country every week. All across Europe with guys that are in love with her, and she's finding problems. Some of the stuff, like, I get it may be hard to, like, let Mike go. 
and everything. That that was probably tough. Mike's a dog. She she has to narrow it down. I'm not saying that she should never cry. I'm just saying that she should not always be crying. It's, it's just a little ridiculous to me. Shay, your second takeaway. Backpacking right off that. My, what were you talking about with Mike? What a dude. Like Seeing that he didn't make it through this episode, I'd love to see him be the next Bachelor. I think that'd be great. But when he shows up to his nightly portion of the one-on-one date and Hannah's already bawling her eyes out staring at paintings, like, you know what's coming. Come on. Mike's in there about to say he loves you for the first time and he doesn't get the chance because you can't stop crying. And I really felt like Mike, good episode from him. They had a nice little one-on-one date with the art. I feel like Mike is just a just a guy I like. I like Mike. Genuinely good dude. Comes into the one-on-one date, pops wheelie. Nasty. Very cool. Showing he's still got some youth in those old legs. I love it. Yeah, he's 31. Probably didn't help him. But, man, I mean, I just I can't believe Hannah did that to him, honestly. T- to keep Luke P. around. I'm just... I'm not loving Hannah at this point, but he, Mike was very classy about being let go, and you could tell he really liked Hannah. He was one of the only ones that just constantly mentions marriage with Hannah and everything, and uh, yeah, he was he was just really cool about it. Yeah, I always thought, besides Peter, he's a big family man. Mike was in my eyes, so I, I was hurt seeing him go. Yeah, it looked good on you, though, Mike. Just, just being a cool guy about it, just good showing for him. He said, she put a dagger in my heart, ripped it out, and stepped on it. Me too, brother. Me too. We at Red Talk want to endorse Mike for the new Bachelor. 100%. Team Mike. We're on Mike. Unless Tyler C. loses, we're on Mike. But that won't happen. I Take it know. to the bank. I don't know. The one-on-one date didn't go great today. But hometowns. I feel like that's got to be big episodes. My second takeaway, Shay, is there was a lot of, a lot of good roasts in this episode. Like a lot of a lot of guys throwing little jabs at each other that I really enjoy, you know. Tyler just roasts Luke P's height out of nowhere, and they've done a pretty good job of hiding that. If you would have had me guess Luke P's height, I definitely wouldn't have guessed five eight first. And Tyler rolls, you know. There's usually a bad guy or a villain or whatever he said. He's like, you just wouldn't expect it to be this little five eight guy. Just knowing Tyler played D one football, it just Luke literally was just kind of like, hey dude, what's your problem with me, man? What's your problem? And then Jed. Tries to do the same thing. Tries to roast him. And uh, he just tells him to keep his head out of his ass on his on the date. And then Luke P. literally just looks at Jed and he was like, of all people, I cannot believe you have the balls to tell me that. So that's, uh, I feel that, Luke P. I loved it. Like, he, he's going to take some stuff from some guys, but not Jed. Not Jed. And they were just so devastated when they saw his suitcase still there. The bad guy lives on. Shay, what do you have for your third takeaway here? This one is about Hannah and her just straight calling out her parents for their relationship. Wasn't that like, a little wild? What? It, they're still together. I mean, they raised Hannah pretty well, I think. You know, she's doing, besides the crying, you know, she's still a babe, so that's cool. Yeah, she's obviously pretty successful. She's the bachelorette. Yeah, I mean, she's this is her second reality show now, you know. That's cool. Yeah, I mean. But her just blatantly saying, I don't with the relationship my parents has, like, Come on now. It's one thing if they're, you know, not always there for you. You know, you got divorced parents maybe. Maybe you just don't see eye to eye with them, but they sound like pretty good people from what I heard. Yeah, I mean, they. I, it, it was kind of weird. 
just because you know that they'll eventually go meet Hannah's parents and everything. I, I would assume that's how the show ends at some point. She's going hometown to, meet. to the guys, hometown to the. I would that makes sense. Yeah, you you I would see think that math that if this show ends in what is supposed to be like a proposal, I guess that, that they're gonna have to meet her family. And just, yeah, it was kind of weird to just throw a miniature slide at her parents there. Just seemed a little unnecessary. My third takeaway, Shay, you may not like this one because this is your guy, your pick to win. I already know what's coming and what my pick to win. Connor S., see you later, dude. You should have taken some notes from Mike. You went out, you didn't look that great. He he finally talks, so that was good. I I didn't really know what his voice was like, so it was nice to hear him talk this episode. See, you're lying right now, and I don't know why. Storms off. He goes straight to Hannah's room, just gets a little counseling from Peter, which, that was a good move. If anybody in the house is going to be a good counselor, it's probably Peter. Peter's a pretty cool head, Pilot dude. Peter, good head guy. We're big fans of Peter. We'll talk about it. But, you know, I mean, he, he goes in there, he starts crying, basically forfeits match, knows he's going to leave, just just kind of soft. I mean, th- there are teams in pro sports that are good. But there, there's 20 teams in this thing, guy. And there were seven guys left going into today. And Connor S. Shea, I mean, he had no freaking chance. And he cried like he had one. Didn't enjoy it. See you later, Connor S. What's your cringiest moment? Well, I mean, besides Jed's date as a whole, which could be just every week's cringiest moment, because that guy, I mean... Literally everything they said. I wanted to pick something from Jed's date, but so many other things happened in the episode. And there's just... It's tough to get specific about it because it's the entire thing. Beyblading in the marketplace like Jed. This isn't 2002. Come on now. I, mean, I never thought I would hear the phrase Beyblade again. Ever. And here I am. Monday night. You know, not that bad tonight, though. We keep we were missing the NBA finals for this and everything. Tonight, you know, the Cubs are down by like seven. Uh, They're down 13 now. Thanks. Uh, Brendan McKay was DH. You know, there's some cool stuff going on, but it's... It wasn't a terrible night to sit there and watch the Bachelorette. wasn't a terrible episode, but it's always terrible to watch really just Jed and Hannah interact as a whole. Right, but uh, back to my cringiest moment here. Garrett. Golf pro Garrett coming in strong with the double finger point, double pistols at Luke P, thinking he's got this rose locked in the bag when, in reality, we know he's got no chance. We knew he had no chance the whole episode. I I wonder if there are people out there that really thought Garrett was going to advance over Luke P. I mean, he, he had no chance. It was a one versus 16 seed. It drastically overmatched. And when you see somebody just keep being solo interviewed, just saying how confident he is that he's moving on and that he Like has he no tried chance. to be smooth with the little wink at Luke, like, you're not going to win. Like, dude, you're not that cool of a guy. Like, you said a couple funny things at the beginning of the episode, and then you you ruined it. You ruined it almost immediately. I'm right there with you. Just that entire interaction between Luke P and Garrett where they were arguing and standing up and getting in each other's face. It was one of the cringiest things I've ever seen on TV. I mean, Luke P picked up a pile of literal baloney to show Garrett what he thinks he is, I guess. And then Garrett says back to him, funny you picked up baloney because that's what you are. I mean, what? What is this? Is it a first grade argument? Three references to baloney in about two minutes and 30 seconds, and 
I wasn't really here for that. That may be the worst 1v1 argument I've ever seen two gentlemen have. Can you imagine if you had like two basketball players, football players, mic'd up? And they're going at it. I mean, they're jawing all game, trash talk. Let's say we got Josh Norman. He's out there guarding Antonio Brown. And they're going back and forth all game. And you hear them calling it, no, you're baloney, bro. No, you're baloney. I mean, how ridiculous. They, I mean, that's not professional. If you're going to trash talk, let's, let's trash talk. You know, bring in the family members. Let's get real. <laughs> Shay, what's your fourth takeaway? Luke P. calling Jed, Jed's character and uh just calling him out on it. I loved it. I was here for every second. Him saying that, uh, him telling Hannah that Jed, out of all people, coming at his throat, and he just wasn't having it. I, I mean, anything to bring Jed down, let's ride. Come on, Shay. This isn't just a Jed bash session, man. There's some other characters in Jed. There's only four left. All right, man. I, hey. Freedom of Four speech. characters, five points. What do you want me to do here? I hear you. I hear you. You know, Luke P. doesn't exactly stay in his lane, which they tend to mention on the show. I don't know if you noticed. Two or but, three times tonight, I think. Uh, he just, different strategy about him. Instead of just trying to win Hannah's love and just do that, he attacks all of the other guys' characters. And it's it's really interesting to watch. He just, like, like what he said about how he was so hyped that, Mike got kicked off, which, you know, I didn't love him saying that because we're big Mike guys. But what he said there, he was just like, there there was six and now there's five. That's simple math. That was a really dumb statement. But, I mean, Luke P is just just counting them off, just going to Hannah. Luke P is here for a reason. If another guy leaves, that's a better chance he has to win. There's nothing wrong with that. And that is the nature of the game. And you know what? People may not like it, but it gets him to the next round. It's like Luke P said, he grew up playing sports. He's a competitive-natured guy. He wants to win. Oh, man. I mean, the cringiest moment. I mean, you remember when Luke P just stared Garrett down and said, you disgust me and make me want to gag. You make me gag, Garrett. That was ridiculous. Loved it. I mean, this this episode had just between that, that moment, the guys jumping up to hug Peter when he got back in, mainly Tyler C., Loved it. You know. Th- that was cool. E- Peter, cool guy. But Luke P's closing monologue was just so damn bad. I mean, all that stuff about how he was chasing after sex when he was 19 and then felt weight on his shoulders before a shower, looked out the window and saw heaven. I mean, what? What? He's and then, opening up about his faith. And then I loved it. Hannah was just like trying to pick and choose at stuff Tyler C said and just try to make him look like he was BSing and like what he said that and hannah was like oh i mean he may win and i don't i don't know what's going on but i think they're just both kind of dumb like i mean it's like she said at the end of the last episode's rose ceremony either i'm falling madly in love with this guy or he's driving me insane yeah but there's I, no middle ground for them i definitely don't think she can decide but i think it's i don't know it, i wish that they wouldn't have shown us so much on the preview because the preview makes it, it look like violently luke p, deceiving luke p looks like he has no chance in this preview coming up and i don't know if that's next episode or the one after either is what's really irking me i don't know man my fourth takeaway peter he could be the king he could be the king i mean didn't even see him a ton this episode but it just comes effortless to him i mean he sees hannah hannah just is far more excited to see peter than any of the other guys i feel like i agree agree. and i mean peter just had that sweet quote where he says i love the sound of hannah weber you know like oh 
He he wants it. He wants gets her to, it like we've said. He's the family man. He he gets it. You know, he's he's doing things the right way. He's just a good guy. He's a good guy. And I mean, I like Peter. I think he's got a really good chance to win. He was so excited for her to meet his family. I I don't know. First couple episodes I didn't think Peter had it in him. Had the kind of just that swagger. Yeah, that swagger to win this thing to best 19 other dudes. But here he is. I, I think that I, I still, you know, we're on Tyler C to win. We believe Tyler C is going to win. But I don't know. I, I think Peter's going to win, to be honest. A, after the last two episodes, after their sauna trip and it's just... steamy room. It, it, she didn't look like she felt it for Tyler, like she felt it for Peter tonight. And there's no denying that. And I'm not I'm not that mad about it. I wouldn't mind to see Peter win this thing and see Out Tyler Out of the last C. four... There's probably two between Tyler and Peter that I would enjoy seeing win. I really would. Luke, I think that would just be hilarious if this guy somehow took home the crown. It would be, seriously, the funniest thing ever. And then if Jed Jed wins. Well, we don't know if he's going to have two girlfriends or not still. So. Oh, yeah. Jed could win, and then he could just tell Hannah that he actually had another girlfriend. Sorry. What a terrible guy. (laughs) Doesn't seem like a great guy. Shay, your final takeaway from the episode. After Luke P. gets his final rose and sees Garrett have to walk down those stairs for the final time, that smirk he gives to the cameraman, let him know, like, yo, I'm still here. Smells that rose, which Go has no scent. Go off, King. Go off. I stand. I love it, Luke P. Luke P., he had it locked up tonight. And he, he, didn't, he didn't tell everybody he had it locked up. He just told Hannah a bunch of other stuff about the guys that wasn't good. But she still loves him for it. Not sure why. They're both nuts. They are. They really are. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to just meet Luke P's family. It's, it's going to be great. It's probably going to be the whole city. They all love him. Oh, yeah. I forgot they all love him. Did you see the little preview they showed where they're all like kneeled down praying together? There's like 20 of them. Love it. It's, it's going to be an interesting episode next week. It really is, because it looks like a lot of stuff's going to go down. And it looks like these guys got some really cool hometowns. I mean, all these guys look like they're multi-millionaire families. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. They're all on sailboats. Tyler grew up, his backyard is just water, a waterway of sorts. Like, come on now. That doesn't look like New Cut where I grew up. I don't know. A little different. My last takeaway, Shay, is that our guy, Luke P., he's probably done. Sadly. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy how we were kind of hyped that he advanced because he makes the show so much funnier and so much more interesting to everybody. But that preview has almost never damned a character more. And he was, It did not look good for him. The only reason I'm slightly okay with it, we got him to the final four. He could he, be the final three. I don't know if it's next episode, the one after. That's what, you know. Yeah, it. he tells her that he, if she's does it with any of these other dudes that he's out, that he's just going to walk off the show. And Hannah has this look on her face like, ooh, I've already done that. I think some, they are going to have some stuff go down. In a windmill. In a windmill. I mean, what is going on on this show? Twice. They're always in a different country. All these guys, millionaire families, like you said, her and Peter on a yacht. I mean, that looked just a beautiful on that yacht and wherever they were. Beautiful sight. I'm so glad our, the TV is so nice down there with yeah, the HD. TV, for yeah, TV for sure. It really is. Shay, who's winning this thing? You still on Tyler C? Been on Tyler C since week one. I cannot Ooh. fall off on this. So you, you, Connor S is done? You're- I want you all to check the tapes just to show how wrong Will is because I've been Tyler C 
since before the show even started, probably. I mean, I've been so on board with this guy. Hmm. Well, I, uh, I'm i switching my pick. I'm going with Peter to win. I still want Tyler says, C. to win. This is your second pick switch, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, I, I know. You Sorry. are Team Jed. Yeah. I Never forget Will was Team Jed. Sometimes... You just have to pay attention to life and learn. Uh, you make mistakes, and then you become a smarter and better person for it. And that's what I've done throughout this show. I'm cheering for Tyler C. Tyler C. is like the Cubs. I want Tyler C. to win so bad, and I think he really can. I think he's good enough to do so. But I think Peter might just be the Dodgers. And even though I— Just better than the Cubs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Makes sense. Yes, to be totally honest with you. Connor S., Reminds me of the Reds. All right, Shay, this was fun. TTYL.